for commentary and discussion on worship, theology, and culture. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Hello and welcome to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones here continuing the, the Psalm Project and it brings us today to Psalm 34, which unlike the last Psalm, uh, Psalm 33, uh, Psalm 34 certainly is a Psalm of David. Uh, it is a Psalm of David when he changed his behavior before Abimelech. Uh, so that he drove him out and he went away. And so Psalm 34. And um, so the verses themselves in Psalm 34 are written in a general style, lending the poem to use by different people in different situations. And the Psalm is an acrostic. As I mentioned, Psalm 33, some might think it's an acrostic just because there are 22 verses, but it wasn't. But Psalm 34 is an acrostic. And um, although there is no line for the sixth Hebrew letter, um, and the line for the 17th letter is really out of order coming last, but it is an acrostic nonetheless. And so sometimes you see that in the Psalms, even though they are acrostics, they might um, modify the order a little bit, play around with it. Um, That's okay, it's still an acrostic. Psalm 34. Let me read you the text first before we get into my commentary and then I discuss the setting of it. So Psalm 34, beginning in verse 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me. And delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. O oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions will suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and his ears toward their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to cut off the memory of them from the earth. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears, and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted, and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all his bones... Not one of them is broken. Affliction will slay the wicked, and those who hate righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. 
So let's look at this for uh, for a little bit. Um, the title of this psalm in many Bibles, we have titled it, Taste and See That the Lord is Good. Um, 1 Samuel 21, 10 through 15, this is a historical situation of this title. Abimelech, uh, as I mentioned before, this is a psalm of David. It was written when he changed his behavior before Abimelech. Abimelech is probably a royal title for the king of the Philistines, not necessarily the proper name of the king. Uh, and what I, You can see that in, in 1 Samuel 21, uh, 10 through 15. Uh, it mentions another king's name in verse 12 it says in da- of first uh, Samuel 21 it says and David took these words to heart and was much afraid of Ashish the king of Gath and so that's probably who it was referring to here and so um, this is pro- Abimelech is probably just the royal title for the king of the Philistines and so not necessarily the king's name here uh, nonetheless this psalm was written written for this situation. And he says, I will bless the Lord at all times. In verse 2, he says, my soul makes its boast in the Lord. When you boast in yourself, that is the height of pride and godlessness. Listen to this from Romans 1.30. Slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents. These are warnings that the Apostle Paul has given against these acts and these attitudes. Jeremiah 9.24, let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. And then in 2 Corinthians 10.17, the Apostle Paul says, let the one who boasts boast in the Lord, because truthfully, we have nothing to boast in, or nothing in which to boast, I should say. (laughs) I pick on people sometimes for ending their sentences in prepositions, and uh, I'm not really that much of a grammar Nazi, but uh, at least in colloquial speech, but but it's a joke that I have. So here we go, and verse 3, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. His name, that is God's reputation. The congregation is exhorted here to witness to God's great great acts in history and in their lives. Verse 4, I sought the Lord and he answered me. One of the most frequent themes of the Psalms is stated boldly here. God hears and answers the prayers of his people. Verse 5, Those who look to him are radiant. They reflect the Lord shining upon them. If you remember Psalm 31, reminiscent of the Aaronic benediction, may the Lord's face shine upon you. Radiance reflects the joy of God's revealed presence, while the sense of God's withdrawal from us brings the darkness of shame. Verse 6, this poor man cried and the Lord heard him. The psalmist here, David, is speaking of himself in third person. He has no power to save himself. In verse 7, the angel of the Lord encamps. This is one of God's heavenly troops. We know about angels, uh, seraphim, and um, 
and and we know of those that the, the angels that fly around the throne shouting holy 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 is the Lord our God, the, the seraphim. And then there are the cherubim too. The cherubim are the ones that help God on the earth. They're, they, they're, if, if an angel helps God's people here on earth, that's a cherub. The Lord encamps around those who fear him. In other words, those who are in a right relationship with him. Gehazi learned the truth of this voice when Elisha prayed for his eyes to be opened and showed him the army of the Lord. And you may rec- uh, remember that story from 2 Kings 6, uh, verses 8 through 23. God opens his eyes and he sees an army of angels there. He was afraid and then he sees the army of angels. Can you imagine? God, how are we going to do this? And then God opens your eyes and you see an army of angels. Can you imagine the confidence that would come from that. Verse 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. The psalmist describes his personal experience of God's goodness. After tasting God's goodness in Christ, Peter alludes to this passage in 1 Peter 2, 3. And then we see another reference to lions, as we've seen so often in the Psalms. Now remember, David was a shepherd, and his job was to protect his sheep from bears, lions, And so he would have been familiar with this. Young lions in verse 10, they suffer want and hunger. The strong and ruthless do not always get what they want, but God's people lack nothing that is good for them. Reminiscent of Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I'm not going to be in need. Verse 11. Come, O children, listen to me. Children is a common poetic form of address to all ages. We are all children of God if we are his people. And there are those that would say, well, everyone is a child of God. No, everyone is a creation of God. Not everyone is a child of God. And it drives me crazy. That is a new age sort of thinking that all people are children of God. That is wrong. That is false. We are all creations of God. Only those who are in right relationship, only those who are in relationship with God are his his children. Verse 20, he keeps all his bones, not one of them is broken. John 19.36 applies this verse to Christ, the only perfect righteous man. Listen to this, John 19.36, for these things took place that the scripture might be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And so the the theme of this psalm is the goodness of God toward his people. And the contrary to that is that those who are not his people face suffering, face eternal suffering. And the psalmist here allows us to see and speaks from his own experience that God is good. And so I have set this in a a fast meter, um, a celebratory feeling. And so it did make a great musical setting that I think uh, adding some instrumentation, perhaps a a band would work very well with this psalm. And so without any further ado, here is Psalm 34. Thank you for listening to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones.
Yet not for those who seek God. 